Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, uh, you're awful. And A.J. Appleton. It's in shoe, sin shoe chew. It's a mouthful. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour, our first back-to-back week in quite some time. We are ready to roll. This week, we're going to be having Joshua Morgan from So-Called Fantasy Experts on. First, let's bring on the co-host, AJ Applegarth. What's going on, man? AJ, are you there? Maybe, maybe not. I sort of hear chatter in the background. AJ. Yes. All right, there he is. You were on time early, and you were still somehow late. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm very good at what I do. What can I? Yeah, say? apparently. Uh, so anyway, rewind thirty seconds. What's up, AJ? How you doing? <laughs> good, man. Uh, sorry about that. I had to make a quick stop upstairs with the baby, but all is well. She uh, is with my mother-in-law and hanging out, so I'm good to go and am all <clears throat> podcast for the next hour plus, whatever it ends up being. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, so, did you watch the Home Run Derby on Monday? I did not. Um, Dude, and it's honestly, it, one of the best ones I've ever seen. I was so, I could not turn it off. Usually I'm bored watching these I'm, things. It was incredible. I'm, I'm very upset that I missed it because uh I was I was tied up on baby duty pretty much all all evening and I knew it was going to be on. I had talked to a buddy of mine about it and we were both talking about wanting to watch it and whatever. And next thing I know, it's 10:30 and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I can at least catch the end of it." And I forgot completely that they put the timer into it. I guess was that last year, the first year that they did that? Maybe two years ago, but I don't remember. It, I remember last year, it, like it, it was bad. I was like, "This is really terrible. Like, why do they do this?" And it just it fell flat on its face. But last year it was this year was so good. The first round, like every matchup came down to the last few seconds. Like, oh my god, is he gonna do it? And yeah, it was pretty incredible. I um yeah I um. I was I was kind of upset. I I turned it on and I was already into like the second inning of the celebrity All Star uh, softball you gotta, game thing or whatever. You gotta find the you gotta find the replay at like two in the morning and DVR it. It was yeah. It was definitely worth it. I'll tell you like I, so I missed the very first matchup. I don't even know who it was. Uh, maybe Sano and somebody. And Sano and Mustakas. 
so maybe so maybe all I, so, maybe, so maybe all I missed was to know. So I saw Mustakis lose by one, um, and I thought he was going to do it, but you know, I'll tell you, it was it was really incredible. Like, so Stanton was like the third or fourth matchup, and you know Gary Sanchez goes out. And hits like seventeen or eighteen or something like that, and you're going, yeah, I don't know. And then Staten starts off real slow, and then he he hit like ten in a row, and you're like, oh, there he is, he's gonna do it. And it was like the last twenty five seconds, and he couldn't hit the last home run. He kept popping him up, and you're oh. like, that was incredible. And then Gary, and then and then Judge gets up there, right? So he's the second one up against Bohr. Bohr hits 22 home runs in the opening oh, round. Man. And you're going, no way. Judge is done. Nope. Judge is 23. Like, it's nothing, dude. <laughs> like, this is uh, incredible. And in one, I don't even remember who it was the first round or the second round. He hits the roof. Yeah, I did high. see the highlights of that. And they didn't count it. That's absurd <laughs> to me. I, I don't. I don't agree with that at all. It's like you know that it's going to go out. Like, why, yeah, like, why is that even a question? This is a Tropicana field. This is a real stadium that was built high enough that it's not supposed to hit the ceiling, and it just did because he just destroyed the ball so much. But yeah, it was yeah. it was incredible. And then a, he, he kind of breezed through the next two rounds. Like it was kind of nothing. Bellinger didn't really put up much of a fight, and it was kind of funny. So the, in the second round, Bellinger gets up at the ESPN booth after he goes, he hit like, I don't know, 13, a decent number. And they're like, oh, so what yeah. do you think your chances are? He goes, negative 12. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and, you know, Judge gets up there, and I think with like a minute left, he he's already hit 14, so it was over. Uh, and then in the, in the finals, he he blew by Sano pretty quickly too. So the guy makes it look so easy. He's just a massive man, but – I don't know. It was still entertaining. The first round was worth it all by itself. It was it was pretty incredible. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping he sticks around next year into it. I think Harper said he's going to do it because it's going to be here in D.C. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of want to go. <laughs> like, I don't know I, how I'm to get thinking, it, but... Dude, I think we just go. We need to log into their system and get, like, a partial season of crappy tickets, like, all the way up just so we have an opportunity to get in there. Like I don't, I think I feel like that's the only way to do it, but maybe I mean aside maybe. from whatever that can't else. be true though. There's so many out, you know, there's so many out of town fans that get to that. So I don't know, that that can't be yeah. true. But um, anyway, let's get on with the show here, man. Not a, not a lot else to talk about. Um, but what I want to do is bring Joshua Morgan on here, and we're gonna talk about some. Second half expectations. You know, we always get these players that every single year there's a guy that kind of either comes out of nowhere and really helps you win a fantasy championship um, or, you know, just has a bad first half and comes on strong the second half or, or quite the opposite, the guy that doesn't do what you think he should be doing in the second half and ruins your chances. So maybe you want to get rid of him or, you know, see what, you know, bench him or I don't know whatever you want to do with him so let's talk to Josh here and I'll bring him on 
Hey. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? Hey, how are you? So, Good. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks thanks for coming on. Uh, so, yeah, so you heard the little intro. So, you know, we want to we wanna kind of set some expectations for some of these players who have either had really big first halves, really bad first halves, first halves, sorry, that's the second half, first halves. You know, what's the expectations for some of these players? You know, who were some guys that maybe you're looking at for the next half of the season who – can propel a team to a championship. All right. First off, Homer Derby was, in fact, great. <laughs> um, yeah, right. But my number one sleeper for the second half has to be Wilson Ramos. I mean, the guy was amazing last year at a shallow hitting position at catcher. Um, you know, his injuries kept him out. He's only made 38 plate appearances this year, nine games. Uh, I-, I stashed him in a couple leagues. Uh, and now he's back, obviously. And he ha- he's having a slowish start. He's batting 243, uh, 242 right now. But his BABIP is sitting at 192. So although it's a small sample size, again, 38 plate appearances, he's been a solid catcher for a while now. And I think that the injury and the fact that nobody's really talking about him right now, even though he's a big guy to come back, uh, I think you could either, if he's on waivers, pick him up, or you could buy him low in a trade and really uh, – he could help you uh, in the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with that, man. I mean, and, and look, two forty two for catchers at this point isn't bad. So oh, yeah, like, it's not bad at all. It's it's yeah, it's pretty darn good. Um, OBP is a little low, so if you're in an OBP league, you know whatever. But you know his OBP's never really been anything you know, his strong suit. But yeah, I mean yeah. this this guy could easily, in my opinion, hit you know twelve, fifteen home runs even in the, in the second half alone. Uh, totally. So he was great. He almost ruined my season last year in my dynasty league when he got hurt, like the last <laughs> month of the season. Thankfully, I, I found Maxwell on the waiver wire, and he was awesome the last month of the season. So um, <laughs> that pretty that was pretty lucky by my part. So yeah, and you uh, mentioned who, the OBP, but actually his OPS right now is better than last year, if you can believe it, even with his struggles. Yeah, I mean he he's hit for power even though he's not really hitting a lot right now. Um, you know, he's yeah. already got three home runs in just nine games, so it's pretty good already. So yeah, I definitely expect that to tick up for the rest of the year. Um my next sleeper that I have is Carlos Rodon for the White Sox. I I love this guy. Ever since he got drafted, the guy's amazing stuff. He's a lefty. I mean th- those are two great combinations and He's he's young, but he's been around a while. He's made over 50 starts in his career. Really solid career stats. Um, and, you know, he's another guy. Injury. Um, with an injury, I stashed him as well in a couple leagues. Ended up dropping him, picking him up in a couple more leagues recently. And, you know, his first start, he made a season debut uh, against the Yankees. Went five innings, two hits, no runs, uh, two strikeouts. But six walks was pretty worrisome. Uh, the next start against the A's was pretty good. Six and a third, two runs, ten strikeouts, but three walks. And then he got blown up against the Rockies uh, when Kyle Freeland almost threw a no-no. Um, right. And with Rodon, you're really going to get a guy who he's going to walk a bunch of guys. He's going to give up a lot of homers. Uh, sometimes he's just going to get blown up, but other time he's, times he's just going to look unhittable. So 
he's a little bit frustrating, but I, I love the guy. I really think that he can put it together and become a really good pitcher for you in the second half, especially. So I, I really like Carlos Rodon. You know, I, I, I owned Rodon last year in one of my leagues and you're right. Inconsistent is the absolute correct word for him. I mean, there are games where he looks like he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And then there's games where like, how is this guy even up at the majors? Cause he walks like exactly. eight people and it's crazy. Yeah. And is that inconsistency that I feel like, I don't know if I could trust him. I don't know if I think he's going to be the one to carry me to the promised land in fantasy baseball this year. I mean, I could be wrong, but that, that walk rate really scares me. And the fact that he got a late start to the season because of the injury makes me think that like, it's look, it's really still his spring training. So, you know, he, unless he can just like really harness that control all of a sudden, which he really hasn't been able to do in his entire MLB career. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's just going to all of a sudden write the ship, you know, this quickly, but I, I could be wrong. I just, have to a little bit disagree with you there. I do love the strikeouts and I love his potential. It's just not. It's yeah, just not that's the thing that I love about him. The whole package isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. It's all about the potential with him. I think he has the potential to carry you to a championship. Not necessarily that I think that'll happen, but if you're looking for that huge high upside guy, you could go with him. And then the argument also is I think his downside isn't that bad. Like we said, the walks will kill you, but his ERA isn't bad. Strikeouts obviously there. So I, I do like Carlos Rodon. All right. Well, who else you got? I got um, – this is a, a deeper sleeper, not even up in the bigs yet, but this is a guy – there's always that second-half rookie that blows it up at the end of the season and can help you carry – help carry your team to the championship. And my guy is Reese Hoskins, first base for the Phillies. In my opinion, he is the best hitter who is not in the major leagues right now. Um not like as a prospect, but he's fully MLB ready and more. Um, obviously, right now, sort of blocked by Tommy Joseph, who's having a decent year. Uh, but the Phillies are reportedly looking to move Joseph, make room for Hoskins. And if you just look at his stats for the past few year, uh, for the past two years, last year he bat 281, 38 homers, 116 RBI, 95 runs scored. And then this year he's followed that up 289. 20 homers, 66 RBI, and 61 runs. I think that he could be a guy who, whether if you're in a deep league, really deep league, you pick him up now, or if you're in like a 12, 10-team league, you wait until either Joseph gets traded or he gets called up and pick this guy. I think he could be really special in the second half of the year. Yeah, dude, I, I absolutely agree with you on this one. I've got Hoskins in a dynasty league of mine and I've been just waiting for him to come up all year long. I feel like he's ready, but Tommy Joseph just kind of keeps hanging around. Like he's not bad enough to send down obviously or bench. So, you know, the Phillies can't do anything with him. So yeah, you're right. They're trying to trade him. And as soon as they do, they're calling up Hoskins and it's going to be great. I'm going to love it. Um, first base is one of my weak spots in that league. And I, (laughs) I need help bad in that league at first base. Um, drafted Crush Davis three years ago when he was actually still good, and he's yeah. now not and killing me. So, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I mean, the, this guy absolutely is ready. You know, everybody's looking at Mankata and pe- people like that, but 
I mean, Makata strikes out like 30% of the time right now in the minors. I don't, I just don't see it this year for Makata, and a lot of people do. And I feel like Makata's going to be awesome, but not yet. The guy that's going to get, guy that's going to come up and be like the second half, you know, like Bellinger was in the first half, it's going to be Hoskins, I feel like. And so, yeah, I'm right, I'm right there with you. Totally. I'm totally with you there. Uh, any sport, really. Give me a guy who can hit over a guy who is in the low levels of the minors, maybe looks good in a swimsuit, but isn't there yet. I'll take the guys who can hit because you know that they're going to be special. You know, Moncada, I do love him. He'll be great soon. But uh, Hoskins, give me those types of guys all day. Yeah. Agree. So... <clears throat> Next, I have um, a guy who's actually, I mean, I don't necessarily know if I would call him a sleeper right now because he's been a breakout already, but I think he's a guy who you could possibly go out and buy low, and that actually surprisingly would be Matt Adams. Uh, Freddie Freeman returned, you know, Mm -hmm. and Adams did a wonderful job while while Freeman was gone filling in in that role. And 292 average, 32 runs, 42 RBI. And 14 homers in limited uh, playing time. And he is a guy who, if he's hitting, you have to find playing time for him. Because I've always liked Matt Adams. He's, not, he's obviously not really the type of player to d- continue what he's been doing right now. But I think that he is a really solid player. And I feel like the Braves, either they get him a spot in the lineup or since they're rebuilding, what's probably most likely going to happen is he's going to get traded. And I think he can really help a team who needs help at, at first base. I really do like Matt Adams. I, somebody in my league, drop, uh, one of my leagues dropped him. And I, I jumped Ooh. all over that because it might take a while for him to figure out where he gets playing time or if he gets traded. But I think that he could be a guy who you could buy low on right now. And he could give you some great value for the rest of the year. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll... Uh, you're naming like all these guys that I seem to have shares of in my dynasty league or somewhere. Um, again, first, you know, first base was a weak spot for me. And so I went out and as soon as Freeman got hurt and Adams got traded, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to take the plunge. Why not? He's always been good when he played in St. Louis. It seemed like he just never got consistent playing time. And that's tough for a player like him. He needs to bat. You know, he felt like he was always that guy that kind of just needed consistent playing time. He never knew if he was playing from day to day. Um, you know, I went out and spent like 175 of a thousand dollars of fab budget on it, and I was, you know, and I loved it for the next two months. And then, you know, Freeman came back a little early, but he's still playing. The only thing that has hurt him a little bit is he's moved from the third and the fourth spot all the way down to the sixth. And so he's still hitting, but there's nobody on base in front of him now because before he was always hitting in Enciarte and Brandon Phillips and guys like that. So now he's there's nobody in front of him, and I kind of don't know why the Phillies put him all the way down at six and didn't bat right. him like right behind Freddie Freeman. I agree. You know? I think that I think that he uh, if you have a guy who's that hot, you have to find playing time for him. And put him in a good spot in your order. You can't bat a guy like that six. I'd take what Matt Adams is doing right now over Matt Kemp 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, that, that's a tough one. I mean, I think I think they're they're fairly equal. But yeah, Matt Adams got on a really hot roll there for a for a little while. So I, could, I so I can see what you're saying. You know, I guess I guess yeah, it is it is probably Kemp right in front of Freeman, right? So it's I, I is, believe is, so. Is the batting order Inciarte Phillips Kemp? I think it's it's either Kemp then, Freeman or Freeman Kemp. And then yeah, either have, way, like do they have Marquez five? You know what, maybe. Maybe it is Marquecas second. I don't know. Oh, I don't memorize the the, yeah. the Atlanta order. They're obviously not that great, but it's the Braves. You know, the, 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 the top, you know, the top of the order is decent. It's the rest of the order that's like, Ew. but yeah, no, I, I I feel you on him. Like you know, people might not really realize how good he's been because the overall numbers aren't there. But if you just look at the sample size that he's played, he's been one of the best first basemen. In totally. baseball this year for that small period of time. I totally agree. So is there anybody in the second half that you're kind of looking like, mm, people really are believing in him, but, but not so much. Like, I'm, I'm not really feeling it. You know, um, I don't want to get kicked off the show here. I know there's so <laughs> much hype around him, especially you guys were saying earlier, the home run derby. But I am – Selling Aaron Judge, for sure, no doubt about it. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I mean, the guy has been on a tear this season. He's been one of the best players in baseball. Uh, he has just been fantastic. But the thing with him is he's really – he's turned into one of those uh, three-outcome players. You know, the, he'll either walk, he'll strike out. He'll homer, and in those other ones where he, uh, those other uh, situations where he gets the ball in play, he's been so lucky. I mean, yeah. he leads the league in Babbitt. Uh, it's sitting in like the four twenties, four thirties, crazy, totally unsustainable. And you might be saying, well, sample size, maybe he could keep it up, but really, he has so many homers, so many strikeouts, so many walks that his sample size of hitting balls in play actually isn't that much. So I feel like that numbers going to plummet maybe I mean he's been so good so great I think that he is a stud I think he's gonna be a great player for a long time I think he's gonna be a great player in the second half but there's regression there for sure I mean he has hit uh 30 homers this year I believe and he hit 56 homers in the minors in about 1200 plate appearances so I mean he, he's seen a power jump since getting into the majors which is crazy. I mean, if you look at every single one of his stats, they've pretty much all gone up since he's gone to the majors, which is unheard of, except his strikeouts have gone up as well, which is to be expected. But I feel like he's got to be due for some regression. I feel like the power and the, the run producing as a whole, you know, that's kind of, that could stay where it is, but the batting average is going to drop for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the home run to fly ball rate's at 41%, almost 42%. I mean, that's that's disgustingly high. That, that is pretty in, unsustainable. I mean, look, I think he's going to be really good in the second half still. I think if you do trade him, you better get something really, really good back for him. Like, I'm not trading him at a discounted value because I think he's no, going to be totally. in the second half. I need to get, like, some – like, a – really good player back in return. Like if you need 
pitching help, go out and get, you know, one of maybe not the top tier, like you're not getting a Kershaw or a Scherzer or even a sale for him, but get that second tier guy, you know, for him. Um, Maybe even get like a, like a, like a discount outfielder just to kind of replace judge at that point. But, you know, if you're just going to be like, Oh, I'll just kind of take whoever. Cause you know, this guy's good. You know, no, don't even think about it. Totally. Absolutely you don't do that, but I feel like, as stupid as it sounds, I feel like that home run derby honestly rose his stock uh, oh, yes. in the minds of people just because there's so much hype around him right now. Well, and also because, look, as much as we all love baseball, we don't get, you know, you don't get to watch every game. So who's watching the totally. Yankees games? Who's watching him hit? You know, you see the box score, you see fan graphs, you see the stats, you see that. You see exit velocities. You don't actually see him hit. So to actually see him do what he did in the home run derby, you just are amazed by the raw power of this guy. And, I mean, like the flick of the wrist, the ones that he missed, he still hit out at the home run Those derby. And it was, like, it was incredible. So, you know, it was, it was just like, yeah, I, I agree with you. The, the home run derby absolutely could have – or did propel his value. Um, you know, an, another guy that was in the home run derby that I mentioned that I wanted to ask you about, and since you went down this road, Bellinger. What do you Bellinger, think he's going to talk about him half? So with Bellinger, I feel like I feel like he's going to regress as well, but he, he's kind of flipped from Judge, whereas Judge, I think the run – production is going to keep up, but the um, average is going to go down. I feel like Bellinger is going to have the opposite. I feel like he's batting 261 right now. I feel like you could see him break 270, maybe even best case scenario, 280 in the second half, but his 25 home runs are, uh, I just don't, do not see him as that big of, like, he's a great hitter, but he's never been a home run guy. They were talking about this during the home run derby. He's never been Mm -hmm. an absolute masher. He's been a great hitter, so that's why I feel like it's odd that his average is a little bit low. Um, you know, run production, the RBI, the runs, that helps when you have the homers. But I really think homers, he, he's uh, going to see some regression in the second half. Uh, I mean, Judge, you know, he's on pace right now. He could, he, He's going to get 50 most likely, could maybe even make a run at 60, which is nuts. I feel like Bellinger... I don't even know if he's going to break 40 for sure. I really don't believe in his power that much. And I feel like you could see some big regression in that uh, department. So where judge could still have some great value in the second half with run production, I feel like Bellinger is definitely a guy who I'd be looking to get off my teams. Yeah. You know, I I actually said that in a, um, I think it was a fantasy pros piece. They ask us little questions every once in a while, like who's your biggest sell high or whatever. And I said Bellinger for the same reasons you're saying. And I just kind of thought the power was going to kind of fade away. And he kind of reminds me of another Dodger from a couple of years ago. You know, Jack Peterson came out and just lit the world on fire the first half and then nothing the second half. And you were like, what happened to this guy? And he kind of led into a sophomore season and, you know, this year Jack Peterson's okay, a little injured, but, you know, when he plays, he's been decent. But, um, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you there on that one. Yeah. 
So, uh, going back to the players that I like, though, there are two teams that I've been looking at that I think just – because really when you look at fantasy, a lot of the times when people around you are succeeding, you're going to succeed. So, it's hard to – especially as a hitter, to have a really good perform to perform really well when the guys around you aren't performing as well. So, I here are two teams that I think um, – just as a whole could spike up in the second half and that could lead to a lot of production from their players. I have the giants. It's been painful to watch it. I'm a Giants fan myself. It's painful to watch oh. them this year, but I feel like they're one of the most talented teams in recent memory to do this bad when they they're totally trying to contend, but they just can't. I feel like when Mass and Bumgarner got hurt, that was a big blow uh, psychologically even so I feel like he's going to get back. The team, they, they have no shot at the playoffs right now, but I feel like they could turn it around the second half and finish off strong. And the guys who have been struggling, Brandon Crawford, for one, uh, you got Johnny Cueto, you got Jeff Samarja, whose peripherals are just nuts. Um, he, I love, I'm buying the shark all day. Uh, Bumgarner, I think, will be solid. I really think a bunch of guys on Giants could see a performance boost in the second half. Yeah, I think uh, the Giants they've been they've been kind of surprising with with the guys that you thought would be better or not. And then, like you said, the Sharks been great, and he's you know career wise he's he's always had that potential, but he's never really done it in a, in any of his stops. He's had flashes of it, but never been con- consistent like he is this year. So, so I'm sorry. Someone's got to explain to me, Jeff Samarja and why the hype around him again, all of a sudden, like the guy does have a m- middle to high four and a half ERA. I get that. He's got like, he has like runs of games where he's like really good. And then he has this like complete meltdown of a game. And this is what I, I can't buy into Jeff Samarja for that exact reason. Somebody's well, got to explain Jeff Samarja to me. It's really, it really comes down. The thing with him is the strikeouts to walks. He has like, he has 127 strikeouts right now. And he has like 15 walks on the year. That's a crazy yeah. ratio. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's incredible. I get it. And then the four, the four or five eighty array, the four and 10 uh, win loss obviously isn't the greatest, but I, I feel like in this particular scenario, people could look at the ERA, look at the win-loss, and uh, sell on him and not really realize uh, how great he's been this year. And then in the second half, if the Giants start performing better, and I think just once the uh, factor of just how well he's pitching fills into the rest of the staff, have a special second half and really fix those ratios that he's struggling with around. I don't know. I, I'm I'm a I'm a tough sell on Samarja. I'm gonna need more than that, but that's gonna be a longer conversation I think. So let's just move on here with that. Um hello? hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? You still there? John? Yeah. Oh, did we lose him? It sounded like his connection kind of jumped a, jumped a couple. So let me, uh, let me, I don't know how to get all of them. Let me, uh, 
you know how to get a hold of him, but yeah, I don't know, man. What I mean, what is your feeling with Samarja? Like, I feel like we've had this conversation before. Yeah, I connection. can't buy in on. It. Oh, are you kind of there? Are you back? Oh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Let me uh, let me figure this out. So, yeah, I mean, I I'm like Samarja. Yeah, you hear me? Can, yeah. Yes, you hear me? Can, you back? Can you hear us? Apparently not. <laughs> I can hear you now. Oh, uh, okay. Right. If you can hear me. Yes, we can All hear right. you. All right. So okay. we are back. So, so yeah, Wait. so I don't know. We, we were talking about Justin there. Marja. It's, it's, a, it's a longer conversation than we probably really have time to get into here, but I, I'm a tough sell on some Marja. I've never really bought into this guy. I know he had the one like really good year, but he got traded to the White Sox and he started the year with the Cubs. But other than that, like his career has kind of been, eh, it's, he's kind of always been okay. Um, I, I know like the strikeout potential is supposed to be there. And yeah, the walks are great this year, but I can't buy into him for some reason. I just don't know why. I just can't do it. No, I can um, really see both sides there. I, I personally like him, but I can really see where the concern is there. Yeah, I mean, some of the guys that that we had some concerns. I mean, we can keep it with pitchers if we're we're talking about, you know, the shark and his some of his disappointing stats. But it sounds like he's got underlying better stats. So you're you're looking to keep him and or go get him for second half, Josh. Is that am I am I understanding what you were saying correctly? Yes, I I, I definitely okay. at least take a shot on him because I think people. We'll look at the the win loss. We'll look at the ERA and think, oh, he's not having the greatest of the year. But yeah, I mean, he's been productive even when he's given up runs, and I think the potential's there. So I definitely go out and grab him. Not saying he's going to be the greatest pitcher in the world, but I think if you're looking for a guy to buy buy low on, uh, I take I take Samarja. Yeah. So a couple of guys that that Joe and I talked about earlier that we had really high hopes on kind of haven't really panned out um, pitcher wise. Uh, I'll let Joe take the batters, but pitcher wise, Kevin Gaussman is a guy that, that we were really high on going in and then he just fell apart completely. Um, Aaron Sanchez is another guy who I personally had high hopes for, but he's been injured the entire first half. It seems like with this finger dilemma, and then his first game back, he got absolutely demolished. Granted, it was, you know, against uh, Houston, I believe. So that's kind of understandable. But, um, you know, Tanaka is another guy that we're looking at with up and down, started to kind of turn it around again, had a bad last outing. Um, hell, I mean, you got the entire Chicago Cubs pitching staff, it seems like. All these aces have – had really bad first half. Arietta, Lester, um I mean Lackey is is kind of showing his age it seems like. Um and then lastly you got the Cy Young winner Rick Porcello. I mean, where is he? He's been completely gone this first half. Are any of these guys um anyone you're targeting or feel like there's underlying stats that, that maybe I'm not seeing that are, that are going to come through in the second half? Uh, totally. Um, I think out of the guys you mentioned, uh, 
Aaron Sanchez and Tanaka are both guys I'm not really big fans of. Tanaka I've never really loved. Sanchez this year, I mean, that finger worries me that he'll ever – I mean, fingers you could see with Rich Hill, that can be a huge issue, can linger on for a while. So I'm passing on those guys. But you mentioned Gosman, and I'll get into Porcello in a second, but Gosman especially, he was a guy who I really liked. I got him in a couple leagues. I felt like he was a guy who could really be a stud. Um, you know, he's had the strikeouts this year, but really everything else has been a mess. And you're talking about underlying stats, and I am the biggest supporter of Babbitt that there is. And Kevin Gosman has the highest pitcher Babbitt in the league. I forget what the exact number is. I'll try to find it. But um, 371. Like 371? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that, damn that's high. Nice. I didn't realize that. Wow. Uh, and I, I, I'm a total believer in Babbitt. So I feel like that can uh, only go down at – he, he can only improve in the second half. I mean, a guy of that caliber won't do worse than he already has. So I feel like with Gosman, you, you can buy him. I mean, maybe something's going on, but I feel like he could improve. He could become like a fourth, fifth, maybe sixth if you go that deep starter or a streamer when you get a, a good matchup. But I like Gosman, definitely. Okay. Yeah, you know, and, and – Full disclosure, full disclosure, we're both Orioles fans, and we're pretty we're pretty hard on the Orioles. But at the same time, we're, we <laughs> were with like you. I'm on the Giants. Yeah, yeah, we're, we were both with you on the Gosman train to start the year, and let's just say he got dropped pretty early May. Um, it was oh, yeah. like enough is enough, and I mean it was not good. Even in the entire month of May, the, the last the last couple of starts here. Minus the one before the Minnesota, the very last start of the break, he looked really good again. I mean, he threw what twelve and a third scoreless innings in a row, um, yep. and it even bled into the Minnesota game. Um, and then he just got shellacked in the fourth inning or something like that. I was watching that game and was like, "Man, what is happening?" Um, but I mean, yeah. the it's funny you say the strikeouts are there because they've only kind of started coming along in the last, you know, five or six games before that they were really bad um, below his career average for strike strikeouts per nine. And, you know, to me, it was just like, he was missing that confidence. He would always get up like one to two or two to two and he would always get to a full count. And, you know, I, I watch these Orioles games. You know, if there is one team I watch is Orioles, the local team for me. And it just he lacked that strikeout pitch, and it was almost like he didn't have the confidence to throw his his fastball by somebody at the end. He's always trying to throw the cutter or the slider or the curveball or whatever he's got, and it just always was way outside. And he, then he ended up walking a guy, and it was like, what is going on? People weren't fooled by his pitch. And it was like, I don't remember this being Gosman. Like, it wasn't this bad before. You know, maybe he's picked it up. You know, he's had four of his last five starts, you know, strikeout rates well over 10. So that that's really good to see. The walks are slightly down. So that's good to see. Um, I'm with you on a little bit of a second half bounce back. I'm not ready. You know, I wouldn't go trading for him because I just don't think he's worth anything yeah, in a exactly. trade right now. But 
I think he's out there in a high majority of leagues right now, and you can just go pick him up for free. So mm. I, I'd, I'd be willing to take that risk if you've got, you know, a streamer spot or, you know, somebody gets hurt and you just need a guy to go pick up. Like, if he sucks for another start or two, drop him again. It didn't cost you anything. Yeah, I totally agree with uh, adding. If he's there, available, uh, I'd definitely jump on him. And to clear what I meant about the strikeouts is, uh, I know that his, his strikeouts have been down this year, but I'm saying in the second half, I definitely expect them to be there at the very least. Oh, I got you. He's always been you. that type of guy. Um, and then the other guy that you mentioned was Porcello. Uh, Porcello is another guy in that uh, Babbitt train who's been really high. Not quite as high as Gosman, but... Still pretty high, four and eleven this year, 109 strikeouts, 4.75 ERA. But the reason that I'm not, I, I feel like he is going to bounce back a little bit. It, he's going to get better. The Babbitt tells you that. But the reason I'm not as high on him as I am Gosman is what we were just saying: the availability. Because people are going to look at Rick Porcello, look at him being the reigning Cy Young, and they're going to say, well. He just still has that name recognition where he's not going to be on waivers. And if you trade for him, you're still going to have to give up a little bit. So mm-hmm. I feel like if you have Porcello, hold on to him because you're not going to get anything great from him right now. And he's he's going to bounce back a little bit, in my opinion. But I don't think he's a guy that you go out and trade for necessarily. Yeah, I I just uh, – I'm trying to pull it up now. There were, Somebody did trade him in uh, one of my leagues and I I was kind of shocked because a, the guy who owned him loves pitchers. It's kind of a pitcher heavy league. And this guy just, he refuses to ever trade anyways, unless he's completely, you know, winning the trade in his eyes. He's gotten a little better, but he, he let him go. And usually his first five or six draft picks are all pitchers. So it's, it's just crazy to me that, that he traded him. I'm trying to freaking pull it up. See, Oh, he traded him for Logan Morrison, which Morrison's having a great first half. Um, And I don't, I don't know if he was someone that we talked about because I was off for a bit, but um I mean, we know who Logan Morrison is and who he has been. I mean, is he coming into this newfound territory now where he's going to be a legitimate drafted starting first baseman? Uh, are we still talking about Porcello or are we on to Morrison now? Oh, I'm well, I'm kind of just getting just a quick thought on Morrison, but... Okay, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, speaking on Morrison, I feel like... I, I really Morrison's a tricky case because I, I love my first baseman, it, but I feel like it's so easy to find first baseman out there. I feel like even the way that he's playing, you can find somebody better than him who will be better in the second half, should I say? Cause yeah, he's had amazing first half, totally. But those 24 home runs, I don't think Logan Morrison's that type of guy. I don't think... I mean, he has 57 RBI right now. His career high is 72. And with a guy who's played as long as Logan Morrison, you don't expect a huge type of breakout like that. I mean, it happens. You, you see it right now with Ryan Zimmerman this year, even though Zimmerman's been better in the past, but that's beside the point. If you have Morrison, 
sure, he, he's fine, but he's not a guy who I'd make a move for or a guy who I'd try to get off my team. I feel like he, he might regress a bit in the second half, but nothing too astronomical, nothing too out of uh, what you would expect from him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's right now, from what I'm seeing career-wise, he's won more than his his past career high in home runs uh, of 23. And he did that in the first half. So that's pretty astonishing to me. Um, but yeah, the guy actually traded, he offered me the same deal. He was trying to get the Grom off of me after he just put up like two or three 30 point outings <laughs> in a row. He offers me wow. Logan Morrison. Logan Morrison? I was I like, dude, are, are you high? Like, yeah. I was like, Maybe if you would have offered me this, you know, before these last two or three 30 plus starts, uh, I, I would have thought about it and still said no. But now, <laughs> you, no, you're you're out of your mind. There's no way I would ever do that, that trade. And I think that's what I responded to him with. And, and he's another guy who's a pain in the ass to trade with. But those he, are the, he never, those are my favorite. Yeah, he never gives up pitching, but he wants to take and hoard pitching from everybody else. So, yeah, uh, but back to Porcello in that sense, if you were able to get Porcello for Logan Morrison, I'd jump all over that. But again, don't try to go too high on him. Yeah. And then the last, the last uh, kind of group there that you mentioned were the Chicago Cubs pitchers. I mentioned earlier that I had two teams that I thought could have bounce back. One were the Giants. The other one with a cub um i feel like again this team's way too talented they're hovering around 500 a little bit above i believe right now and they're too talented just to not go bananas in the second half i think they're going to run away with at least a playoff spot and you know it's got to come from the pitching uh their hitting has been a, a bit down it hasn't been you know what it was last year but i feel like it's been productive enough where the pitching has really been the issue and i feel like Guys like Lester, guys like Arietta, guys like Hendricks, guys like Lackey. Those guys could all bounce back, not really astronomically, but they could get progressively better to the point where they're at least closer to what they were last year, and they could be productive in the second half. I don't really know necessarily what you do in making moves for them, but they're definitely four, four pitchers to watch there. Yeah, Lackey's a guy that I've owned. I, I owned him in, in a couple of leagues last year, and he really paid off because he just had, like, a really nice season. He didn't really seem to get too blown up. Um, and, and, you know, for his age, he pit, he pitched really well. Um, so I, I that being the case, I kind of went after him this year, and he just, has, he just hasn't been as good. I, I do like his his underlying peripherals. I, I do think that he is able to, you know, turn it around a little bit, but I, I did end up dropping him in one of my leagues because I, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. Yeah. I'd say lackeys lackeys, definitely the guy who, you know, could be age, could be a number of things. You know, I expect improvement in the second half once he gets healthy. Um, yeah. But when it comes to the bigger guys, Hendricks, Arietta, Lester, those are the guys who I could really see. Um, you know, obviously Lackey. I mean, all of them really, I don't think they're going to have huge, crazy 
dropped two points of ERA improvements, but all four of them have potential in the second half. It comes, again, I was mentioning earlier how players play better when the players around them are playing great and when the team is playing great as a whole. And the Cubs have been that the past few years. I mean, Lackey's win-loss, win-loss numbers have been crazy. And, you know, this year I think the Cubs are going to turn around. I think the Giants could possibly turn around. The players on those teams as a whole will benefit from that. Yeah, you know, speaking of the Cubs, I had a guy just yesterday, I think, ask me. He goes, so I've got Freddie Freeman and I forget who his other – who his other first baseman was um, Sano, actually, I guess Sano is first baseman eligible. That's, that's mm, so it's a one gamer. Maybe. maybe but... Yeah. It seems weird, but he did say Freeman and Sano. Connections breaking up a bit. So, so he said, so he said, uh, I've got Freeman and Sano as my, as my first baseman, I was offered Lester for Bohr. And I was like, uh, yes. Are you kidding me? That's a no-brainer. <laughs> like, Lester hasn't been great, but he's not going to be that bad. So, I mean, I think that kind of agrees exactly with what Josh Josh is saying here. So, um, Josh, you still on the line? I'm still uh, Okay. Um Anyway, man, I think uh, I think that's I think that's all we've got. We've got one more little segment before we close out the show. You're breaking up a bit on my um, end, though. Okay. Um, I don't know, AJ. You hearing me or not? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I can hear both of you guys. Okay. Sano has right. pitched, uh, played six games at first base, zero in the outfield. Maybe it's a five a five leaguer. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but anyway, Josh, thanks for coming on, man. Great conversation. Uh, great information for everybody. I hope you took the information and you can go out and do some trades and set yourself up for a championship run in your leagues. Why don't you go ahead and share with everybody where they can find you and, you know, on the, uh, internet here. All right. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, S-E-F-E underscore Josh. Um, be sure to follow uh, So-Called Fantasy Experts on Instagram. I'm running that as of the moment. And, yeah, just be feel, feel free to hit me up anytime on Twitter, questions, I don't know, whatever you have. I guess that's where you can find me. And, uh, again, thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Talking fantasy second half. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, no yeah. problem. Glad to have you thank on. Thank you again. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to bring you on. This was great. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye. See you. All right. So, once again, that was Joshua Morgan from So-Called Fantasy Experts. Make sure you check them out. Uh, they are kind of the hosts of the show, I guess, not the host, the, uh, I don't know, what do you call them? They're the ones that help pay for the show. So you got to throw out a bone to them once in a while, you know what I mean? Uh, anyway, uh, but no, that was great. That was great information. That was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Uh, gave me a lot of, a lot of stuff to think about. Um, yeah. Something be, I'm 
Oh, he talked about so a bunch fun. of players that I actually already own in my dynasty league. And I was like, this is awesome. I feel great. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I was like, yes, right. Rice Hoskins, please come up. Um, I need him bad in that league. So, yeah, yeah man. So what I want to get into next here is, you know, as I mentioned last week, the so the so-called the Scott fishbowl league was going to be kicking off this Monday and it did. And if you follow a bunch of fantasy experts all from all bunch of different sites, you've probably seen the hashtag SFB seven a bajillion times on Twitter. And if you haven't just search for it, you're going to see a gluttony of stuff. Um, it's all fun. We, you know, we, everybody wants to win, but it's not like the most competitive league out there because it is free. And, and as I mentioned last week, the, the scoring system is so bizarre. Nobody truly knows how to draft in this league. Everybody's sort of kind of making it up. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of sites out there that have crunched numbers and tried to come up with, you know, the best scenarios for your, for your drafts and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, I, I kind of said it in on a tweet somewhere I've never, I was never, I've never been in a league where after I draft, I look at everybody's team and I just go, I literally have no idea who has the good team and who doesn't, you know, you know how you sort of have a feeling after normal drafts, you know, your, your yeah. regular leagues, you kind of like, eh, that team's not that great. Oh, I like that team. In this one, it's so different because everybody drafts so differently and just for instance, in my league, right, if you weren't there for the conversation last week, the the scoring rules are, you know, six points for passing touchdown, no interception negative points, you know, normal passing yardage and stuff like that, and rushing yardage and receiving and stuff like that is the same, you know, point per 10 yards type of deal. The thing that gets you with the running backs and the receivers and even tight ends is that it is – a point per first down and then rushing and receiving touchdowns are only five and something I found out right before the draft started, which I had no idea about a touchdown is worth a first down. So that's how a touchdown is worth six points. A touchdown is worth a first down. Yes. So that's why the decrease in the total in the points for a rushing and a receiving touchdown because you get the extra point for the touchdown but or for the first down. But then the tight ends get that extra point and a half. So tight ends are, like, valued a little bit higher. And then the real kicker in this league is that it is a four-flex league with, a, with one of them is allowed to be a super flex. So it essentially becomes a two-quarterback league. Um. And so you see all sorts of crazy values here. Like I'm just looking at, at our league and, and our league's been drafting quite a bit slower than a bunch of the other leagues. We're only halfway through round four. There are some leagues that are through round 12 already. So we're, so we're a little slow. Uh, I'm not complaining that bad because honestly, you know, you draft and you stare at your team until September 1st. There's nothing you can do with your team. So I don't really care to draft be the fastest draft out there. But, you look, you know, you look at some teams. One team in our league has drafted three tight ends and a quarterback. 
Wow. Another one has drafted three receivers and a running back. Um, there's some that are more, you know, two receive two running backs, a quarterback, a, rec- a receiver. You know, that's pretty standard. Some have two quarterbacks already. Um, may, most everybody who has four picks has a tight end. Um, is there anybody who has yeah. three running backs? No, no, not with not four this. picks. No. You know, there's 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 my team, and you know, so I've got the 12th pick. I took LaShawn McCoy. He fell to me at the end of the first round, which I was pretty surprised. So in the mock I did, running backs went crazy in the first round, and all the ADPs, like multiple sites, did mock drafts. And granted, it was a really small sample size, probably like a dozen, a handful or more mock drafts. So the sample size is really small. And it was probably a lot of the same people doing the mocks over and over again. So you can see why the data was kind of the same. But running backs basically owned the first round. And in this one, you know, it was one, two, three, four, five, uh-huh. six. Six. It was, it was half. But in all the mocks and ADPs I saw, it was like eight or nine. The only players that were different was Brown, Beckham, um, Julio mixed in there every once in a while. Aaron Rodgers mixed in there. Definitely Aaron Rodgers. Um, sometimes Gronk went in there. But in this league, Jones went in the first round. Um, Mike Evans went in the first round. And that's the one that never went in the first round in any of the ADPs I saw. So that one really surprised me. Um, A.J. Green, the same thing. He went, and that surprised me. Then that guy came back around and took another receiver. And see – with the emphasis on first downs, everybody's thinking running backs, running backs, running backs, right? And then because of that extra point and a half for tight ends, you're thinking get that elite tight end. Get that elite tight end because the drop-off from, like, the top four is so drastic. It makes a huge difference to get that top tight end. Like, yes, Kelsey and Grok may not score more than, say, a DeMarco Murray, but – the point differential that you're going to get between Gronk, Kelsey, Reed, et cetera, compared to a, uh, an Ertz or something like that, it's like 100-plus points. It's crazy. So it, it, it can be, and it was last year. Like Kelsey, with this scoring system last year, was the ninth best flex player, you know, like position player, non-quarterback player, the ninth best. And I got him with the 13th pick. Yeah, I I looking at this there there was so were you saying in your draft there was six running backs or yeah another taken one? in the first round in this one. I, well, so five were taken because you got McCoy last pick. He's running back five. Oh, I thought that, that was six. Uh, Did I count one two three? Yeah, okay, Jones. I counted wrong for some reason. Um, yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah, so yeah, five. So, yeah, so well, yeah, that's why I was like confusing because you're talking about the mock, and I was like, oh shit, did I miss something? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, based on this this layout, I mean, obviously, uh, this guy that bought before and then after you with the three tight ends and Jameis Winston. I, I mean, he's that's got Gronk, to me. Reed, Olsen, and Winston, and. 
I mean, and Winston's the 10th QB off the board, so, you know, it seems like his quarterback pins were a little, starting to get a little slimmer. I mean, we've yeah. obviously talked about guys who we like a little bit later as a second slash super flex guy. Um, and I'll tell but, you, and I'll tell you, quarterbacks in this league that I'm in, in the division I'm in, are going later than most divisions. I waited until the third round to take a quarterback, and I got Mariota. At that point in most divisions, I probably would have been looking at best like a Dak Prescott or like a Kirk Cousins at best, sometimes worse. So I'm, I was actually lucky to have a choice between like yeah. Mariota and Winston and like cousins and stuff like that. And I actually debated between Mariota and cousins for about an hour it was like, I don't know what to do. I had to crush a bunch of numbers and just went, you know, I've, my gut tells me Mariota and I just did it. Yeah. I, I do like Mariota this year. I, I mean, I like him in that offense and that scheme as it is, he's shown that he can be successful you know, the the injuries have kind of slowed him down a little bit. But, I mean, he's got, uh, along with some of the talent around him, but, I mean, last year they were run, 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 pass, pass, pass. You know, so it was a good offense. I, I like the pick. Um, another team that I thought was pretty interesting was um, the guy with the eighth pick, Dynasty League Football. Uh, Jeremy Funk. So he went with Rodgers in the first round in the eighth spot, which is a solid pick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that. And then he went with Jay Jaye, uh, who we can talk about in a minute. Um, we're yeah, we're we're kind of indifferent about it, you know. Yeah. Um, know then he it. went he went with Newton, Cam Newton, as his third round pick, and then turns back around and and gets Jimmy Graham. So he doesn't even have a receiver yet, but Neither I, do I. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that because of the way the format is. Yeah. And I like that. I mean, he's he's already jumping on the super flex as the quarterbacks. I mean, you know that for a fact. Um, and I like Graham this year. I, I mean, he's been good. Uh, he's had some injury history as well, but – I think he's going to have a solid season again, um, assuming he stays healthy, obviously. But I I like the draft overall for for that team, and and even uh, Tim Turner's team right ahead of you. I I love the three tight ends. I mean, that's a bold strategy, man. It, like it is. I I think two. I would I would be okay doing two. I mean, but he's got three of the best guys you can get um i'm trying to look and see who the third one off the board was uh he got kelsey was two and came back That's around and got olsen yeah yeah so yeah so i i uh i i have no problem with that um I don't know then, if I love Winston with it, but I don't either. I don't like Winston this year. I think he's overrated and we'll get into that next week when we do the quarterback preview. But uh yeah. I just when I was doing my quarterback pick, it 
Winston was a distant third. It was Mariota Cousins, and then Winston was way down there. It was just kind of like, ah, I can't do it with him. I mean, I I think I like Prescott better than Winston this year. I mean, he had a great season last year. Had a couple of, like, down games. But, I mean, if the Cowboys come back and have that kind of offense that they did last year again, and Zeke's running all over the place, it's going to open Dak up. So, I I do kind of, I think, I just think he's got a better offensive line. He's got potentially better talent around him. I mean, Winston's backfield, you don't really know what you're getting there. It's just a bunch of, you know, kind of older veteran guys that are, you know, rosterable, but none of them are, are Zeke good. So. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. Like you look at everybody's team and you're just going like, in you even like a team, you're even kind of like intrigued and sort of interested in a team that has three tight ends at a quarterback after four rounds. There is no other league out there that is like this, not even close. Yeah. That's what I love about this format. Like I didn't do well last year, but I just kind of was like, okay, like I, I don't know what to do about it. Like it's just, it's such a random league with the scoring. It's, it's, near impossible to like go into it super confident and then even after the draft being super confident with your team yeah like I I look at a team like um what's their names here the fantasy boys Chris Chris Dugas you know he's got Le'Veon Bell Andrew Luck and Matt Ryan I mean, it looks it looks solid on paper. I mean, look at Matt Ryan can do what he did last year. I mean, that's that's a great start. He's got his fourth pick to come yeah. still. You know, I'm trying to balance things out a little bit here. You know, go a little heavy running back. Probably go heavy quarterback here. Um, I went to tight end early, which is something I never do. I always wait until like the eighth, ninth, tenth round to pick my tight end. I did it. I did it even in the mock. And then realized, I don't think I could do this, especially if somebody like Kelsey is sitting there for me at the beginning of the second round. Because um, after that, it, it kind of drops off. And Whoa. my only hope with that would have been that I could have gotten like an Olsen at the beginning of at the end of the third. But which that wouldn't may have, which, have been possible. I mean, I feel I, like I don't I, think I don't it would have been. I don't if, think it would have been. If you didn't think, take Kelsey, then Turner most likely would have. Yep, he told me he and was then bad. <laughs> if Reed was sitting there, I Somebody mean, else would have taken him. Yeah, and then Hell, that guy I was going to take Olsen regardless. Well, exactly. So, so I would have been stuck with what at best Graham, Graham or Eifert or Eifert. Or, does Eifert already gone? Eifert went later. Yeah, Eifert, Eifert, was, Eifert the went, was the last pick. The last pick taken right now. You know, so I mean, look, they're not bad, but they're not Kelsey or a Gronk. You know, the only yeah. thing Tim Turner, he's a fan. The only thing he has to worry about is Gronk and Reed just missing four or five games each, and then he's toast. There's nothing he can do about it. Yeah, I 
I think you, you kind of had to take him, um, and I'm good with it. Um, yeah. I mean, are you thinking wide receiver with your next pick? I mean, or you don't have to give it away if you're. I don't really want to give it away, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably go wide receiver sooner rather than later. I'll probably go quarterback sooner rather than later. You know, um, I'd say by pick nine, I'm going to have my second quarterback at the very least. Like, I don't think you can go any farther because then you're going to get stuck with a hope and a prayer as your second quarterback. And that happened to me last year. You know, I, 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 I took, I took Osweiler as my second quarterback last year, as you know, I waited and waited and waited because, and it, and it's really hard because you look at some of the value, like think about it, DeAndre Hopkins, um, Baldwin, uh, you know, Allen Robinson just went, but those other two guys, like those guys are sitting there staring you in the face. Mixon is still out there. This is the fourth round. The value of these guys, you st- they stare at you in the face, and you're like, eh, I must go. It's, it's kind of like, you know, the bug going toward the bright light, and you're just like, no, don't go. I can't go. And you're like, you do it anyway sometimes because you just can't help yourself. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a chat with one of the other fans here, um, Jay Glancy. He's actually in my Dynasty Baseball League, just totally random that he's in this. And he's like, I think I'm going to be kicking myself for going three wide receivers, but the value is too great. I mean, to get Cooper in the third round is nuts. To get yeah, Michael Thomas at the end, almost the end of the second round, that, that's crazy value. And, and I get it, but I think he's going to regret not having a running back at this point yet. He's only made – he's the next pick. You know, you know, he might get Joe Mixon, and that, that pick might be fine. But that's his running back one. Like, that's not who I want to have as a running back one in this case because I don't know if the volume's really going to be there that we think is going to be there for Mixon. To where I at least have two guys that I know are going to get, like, 20-plus carries a game. And that's huge in a first-down league. Yeah. I, I mean, I – when I look at this and and look at the, the first-down thing – and you and I were talking about it before, basically, and it may have even been on the last podcast, but I mean, these wide receivers aren't necessarily, I mean, the guys, the the team that you were just talking about, these guys aren't guys that are just doing these little dink and dunk passes um, to, to build up the PPR. You know, they're guys that are stretching the field and they're, they're going out for first downs, the majority of the time. I mean, do they do shorter routes? Obviously, yes. But, I mean, these are guys that you're going to look to be cashing in on those first downs. So, I love the first two picks. I don't love Cooper. I mean, I'm just not big on Cooper anymore. Uh, Well, I never really was. But um, he could have a bounce back year and prove me wrong. But, I just I I probably would have gone quarterback or or running back there, um, and then just you know had something else other than filling out you know my two receivers and then one flex spot really. Again, Cooper's can be good. I just am not a fan of him personally. Yeah, I mean, and look, he passed up. You know, guys, you know, he passed up solid quarterbacks. 
he passed up T.Y. Hilton, who I probably would have taken way ahead of him. You know, I, I, he passed up he passed up the Olsen. You know, like that might have been where I went there. Yeah. The, again, but who knows, right? Like this is the type of league that the crazy can happen. You know, like you look at his team and like he might be the one team that I look at right now just going like, yeah, I don't know. But it's not like they're bad players. They're good players. It's just it doesn't fit with the strategy that's in my head right now. And but it's the type of league where it's like any strategy could could work. It's it's not out of the question for something, you know, for some crazy strategy that you don't agree with to work because the scoring system is so different. Obviously, all the players are really good. And really anything can happen. So I'm looking forward to it. I get excited about this. I was so happy to get into it last year and so happy to get invited back. And last year's scoring system was different than this year. I think he's going to change it again next year. This is kind of what he does apparently. So I hope I get an invite back next year and I'm sure we'll talk about it again. So so yeah, you know, I'll probably update everybody next week a little bit. I I doubt we'll be done. We're only 3 days in and barely four barely, not even four rounds left or uh, into the into the draft. There's 22 rounds, so I'm sure I'll have a little update next week. But uh the big thing next week for us is we start our position previews for fantasy football. Um we will be starting with quarterbacks and then Rolling on from there every week. So make sure you, you join us next week. Same time, 8.30, Wednesday nights. And um, I think that's all I've got for this show, man. You got anything else? No, I'm, uh, I'm pretty good. Good to go. All right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of your week. See you all next Wednesday. All right. See you then. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.